How you doing? You look good. I, I like it. On a gorgeous day, as it's been mentioned already, the sunshine, I really, I like this. It's fun. How, how many of you are coffee drinkers? I've been taking a poll this weekend. How many of you have, have already had two cups of coffee, at least? Okay, look at that. Three, <laughs> four. How many of you don't drink coffee at all? It's just not. Wow, look at that. We need to pray for you. as God. <laughs> No, that's really good. That's impressive. <laughs> well, you know, it's been a blast. We are in the middle of this series called Blockbusters. And we are taking movies, if you're new around here, if it's your first time, we're, we're looking at a different movie every weekend. And we started out with Inception, Is There Truth? And then we've had some pretty heavy philosophical topics. When Pastor Rob took Eat, Pray, Love, th that movie is really about you know, can I find fulfillment in life, and what do I need to do, and some heavy stuff. And then last weekend, man, Pastor Foth with Les Miserables and forgiveness, the power of forgiveness in our lives. And so all these deep topics, and then I, I get happy feet. <laughs> I, I think we should all try to have happy feet today. Uh, penguin, right? Um, I, it's been so fun. How many of you have seen the movie? So, so okay, okay. Uh, quite a few of you have then. If you haven't, then we're going to show you several clips and you'll kind of get familiar. But, but it's, uh, it's really important that you, get, you know a couple of things. So let me just kind of explain the movie. The heart of the movie, if you kind of set aside the political stuff kind of at the end, is this baby penguin is born without the ability to sing. The penguin's name is Mumble. And... And he, he can't sing. And the, the sorrow of that is that singing and a certain song, there's a melody that every penguin creates in the movie. I don't know if this is real in life. kind of don't think so. But in the movie, every penguin has this melody created in their life, and that's, that's their ticket to fulfillment and to romance. So you've got to have this melody. Well, he can't sing. So when he tries to sing, he just ends up screaming out, and everybody laughs at him, and, and he's weird. And, but boy, can he dance. <laughs> so though he can't sing, he's not, quote, a normal penguin. He comes literally out of the, out of the shell with these dancing feet, and he ends up leading the way um, to this uh, local tribe, and he, he finds the fishing boats, which are taking away all their fish. That's why penguins are starving. And it ends up that he gets the fishing boat stopped and they have all the fish that they can ever want. Praise the Lord. <laughs> it's just a relief at the end of, of the movie. Let's see the trailer clip just to give you a feel for the penguins themselves. <laughs> oh, that is funny. Well, I'm, I'm happy to tell you that we're going to do more than just laugh at some clips of a movie today, all right? Matter of fact, some people have suggested I just not teach and we just watch the movie. <laughs> but it's actually, it's actually a pretty serious theme because it has to do with identity. It has to do with being comfortable in your own skin. Do you like you? Do you believe God has a mission for your life? Can you be fulfilled? When I say happy, I think the title's a little misleading because happiness kind of comes and goes. Joy is a little bit different than happiness. We've talked about that. Even the Bible word is different. I can have joy and not necessarily be happy. But how about the word fulfillment and contentment? I, I, I can definitely be fulfilled and not feel happy at the moment. 
because I know I'm in the middle of God's will. But as, as we consider some of the thoughts and the takeaways from this movie, I have some questions that I want to just throw out there, and I want you to really be open to them. Is it possible for me to really discover true fulfillment and happiness on this, on this earth? Is, is this the place where we are designed to have total fulfillment? It's, 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 it's a tough question. Just think about it. Maybe what is fulfillment? That, that could be important. Are there steps I can take towards becoming more fulfilled with my life? What would those practical, mechanical steps look like? I'm going to offer some toward the end today. Um, here's a big one. What is the relationship between contentment in your life and ambition? The Bible talks about being content with whatever you have, and yet there are many sections in the Bible that talk about go get them, go change the world, believe God, have faith. And, and so what is that line between saying I'm really content as a person, but I'm really ambitious to go make it happen in some other ways? Can I find that balance? And then lastly, do you think that people of faith people who are believers in Christ, should we be happier or more joyful or more fulfilled than people who don't have faith? And if you think we should, then do you? Do we? I've, I've met some people that walk in faith, quote unquote, that are never happy about anything. I mean, nothing makes them happy. Have you ever met some? Don't look at them right now, but just <laughs> think about it. So number one in your program on the back is a, a bulletin uh, outline, so follow along. Life, not everything is as expected. This is a huge uh, piece that we must understand because you, some of you are going through stuff right now. I mean, a year ago you would have said, I can't believe I'm facing this. Ten years ago you would have never dreamed this is a part of your normal life now. It goes on and on, and, and you could, we could take time to hear what those things are, and it would, it would be mind-boggling, all the challenges, because sometimes life prescribes to us things that we didn't intend on having happen to us. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, it says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of good news about Christ. Then, whether I come to see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing side by side, fighting together for the faith, which is the gospel or the good news. Paul is writing to one of his favorite people groups, the people in Philippi. And he uses this idea that they need to stand arm in arm fighting the good fight. Well, that's kind of scary because that means there's tension, there's pressure, there's stress, there are enemies. It means there are people who don't want them to succeed. So having God doesn't mean that all my problems are washed away. We must fight together. You know, it seems like people have this notion that if you accept Christ, all your problems are going to disappear. You will never, ever again have any issues with relationships, with marriage. We're just all going to be happy. We're just all going to love each other. You'll never have a financial challenge because God... If you have a need, you can just go online and click the God button, and that money appears right in your account. You ever tried that? No dating problems. Um, no, no issues. I mean, that's just not true. We face the same obstacles as people who don't walk in faith. And so trusting in the Lord creates other challenges in our life. Now, there's a really important point in this movie that I need to set up because 
it, it deals with the father of the penguin. And if you saw the movie, you'll understand this. The fathers watch the eggs and incubate them and sit on them and keep them warm. The moms all go off and go hunting for food. So the dads are all doing their thing with the eggs and they're taking this long march and Mumble's dad accidentally loses control of the eggs and it rolls down this hill. It doesn't crack it, but he is horrified and he feels like a terrible dad. And he's worried that something bad has happened to the, to the, the penguin inside the egg. And so he's living with this guilt throughout the movie. And even when the penguin is born, the fact that it can't sing, he's going back and saying, it's probably because I dropped the egg. He ends up telling his wife what had happened. It's a, it's a huge tension in the movie. But I want you to just see the birth of little Mumble. And you'll see how he's a little different than other penguins and he has happy feet. <laughs> what you doing there with your foot, son? <laughs> it just ain't penguin. Oh, that is funny. I think about the, the release of the dad when the penguin is actually born, and then to see something's not quite right, it's a little different. Suddenly there's this kind of blame that goes on. And I started thinking about our lives and what brings pressure and tension to us. I, I would propose that right now some of you listening to this at this moment are living under a blanket of shame. That something happened in your life that has impacted you, that has challenged you, you're either blaming yourself or living in shame for what you've done. And it's really hard for you to look to the future and enjoy and embrace life as God wants you to embrace it. Because when you get under that shame blanket, it's dark and cold and damp under there. It isolates you from other people. You want to run away. It's a terrible thing. And in our culture, a lot of people live with it. Some of you have kids who have made really bad decisions. And you feel bad about that. You wonder what you could have done different um, as a grandparent or a parent. Some of you, as a young person, you've, you've made some bad decisions already in your life. And and it's, it's haunting to you, and you wish you could go back, and all the woulda, coulda, shouldas. And what happens is those pile up in our lives and in our mind, and it affects our psyche. It affects how we live. It affects what we do even in the kingdom of God. And so it's really important for us to understand that sometimes challenging things happen that you can't take back. Some of you financially, things went south, and it was beyond your control, but it's still embarrassing to you. Others have family relationships that maybe you've been estranged from your family and you haven't spoken to some member of your family for years and you don't know what to do. All of those things put a mountain of guilt and shame in your life. And it's hard to hear the voice of God when you live with that. This dad in the movie just knew something bad was going to happen, that it would be his fault, that what he did was awful and unforgivable. I want to just tell you something. There's nothing unforgivable with our God. As a matter of fact, he loves you more than you could ever even imagine. The second thing in your outline is this. Life, not everyone believes in me. Not everyone believes in me. You're, you're going to find a reality that no matter how hard you try, you will not please everyone, especially all the time. But there are some people you won't please any other time. No matter how hard you try or what you do, it's probably their problem more than yours. But it becomes your problem. Philippians 1.28, the next verse says, 
Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that you are going to be destroyed, that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. It's a pretty sad moment when Mumble's trying to lure to sing and all the penguins start laughing at him and they start making fun of him because all he can do is squawk and it just comes out as this loud, obnoxious scream. So they send him to this specialist and the specialist feels like a failure because they can't help him either. And it's just the end. He's finally banished from the penguin club and he's got to leave. And it, it just leaves you feeling this thing of, of so much in our culture, what happens when rejection comes into our lives. It's a terrible feeling. Have you ever been rejected? Have you ever, you know, not been picked for the teams? Have you ever faced that rejection to the point that you just want to go hide? You just want to just run away. It's just not worth it. That happens to us all the time in our culture. And people can be cruel. The term bullying is kind of a new big word in our culture. Some of you teenagers and young people understand this, and it's where someone wants to push you down and dominate you and, and win and cause you to be afraid and ashamed. It's a really sad thing. How can humans do this to humans? But they do. I, I, years ago, I heard someone say this, and I've, I've said it for years. I'm sure I've said it here before, but I'm going to say it again. When you walk into a room, assume that everybody likes you. You say, well, they don't. <laughs> well, assume they do. Even if you know there's some people who might question you. You know why? Because it will change you. It will change how you face the room. You won't just go in and hide and see them and run out and I don't want to be here anymore. You'll have a different countenance. You'll have a different attitude. You'll have a different spirit when you just assume people like you. That's what we have to do in our culture because God does believe in you. There's nothing you can do to make him love you more. And your self-talk is destroying you. It's, I'm going to get really personal here, and I'm, gonna, I'm really going to ask you to open your heart to what the Spirit can do in you. Because when you begin to face rejection, when you begin to see yourself the way that others are labeling you, death starts. I've, I've, I've seen this in people who have great gifts and abilities, but they just feel like they're ugly. They just feel fat. They feel too young to try to do this. They feel too old. They feel too poor. Whatever it is, there's this, this self-talk that starts feeding your mind and your life. And I'm telling you, that's the kind of talk that will get a grip on you. And it will throw you around and beat you up every single day. Regardless of what greatness you have that God has gifted you with, when you start believing those lies, and the enemy of your soul wants to cause you to fall and to be wrecked and to be stymied in your growth and your abilities and to not even want to try. I'm just challenging you because I really believe we are on a pursuit of trying to be, quote, better. Let me ask you a question. Now, this is just getting pretty real. How many of you feel better when you look better? Okay, it's an honest thing. We all do. So you, you try to look good. But that doesn't necessarily change anything inside of you. So the pursuit becomes looking better instead of developing my life and the depth of my life. And so I just want to throw that out there for you to think about. God loves you the way you are. You can't do anything to make him love you more. Accept who you are. Now, keep improving your life. Keep working hard. Put the effort in. That, that makes sense. Number three, 
life. Others cannot always fix me. Others cannot always fix me. I'm going to take just a moment on this point. Verse 29 says, For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen me struggle in the past, and you know that I'm still in the midst of it. These are big words, you guys. Trusting, suffering, struggling. And it's Paul, the Apostle Paul, doing all these things. And he's saying this to the church. You're going to have trouble. In this life, the Bible says, you will face trouble. So it's pretty challenging. I, I think about the people who try to get fixed. And they, they, they start to live a life of getting fixed rather than living a life God's called them to live. Now, I love, I appreciate godly counsel. So there's nothing wrong with counseling and getting help. I believe in that. But I'm telling you. If your whole life is in pursuit of hoping someone else can fix you, it's never going to happen. I've said to single people, if you're content as a single person, you'll probably be content as a married person. Because contentment has nothing to do with someone else. It has to do with me and who I am on the inside. No one else can fix you. No one else can bring you satisfaction. It's not about that. I see people run from relationship to relationship. Some of you in the dating world right now, it's just scary how many relationships people go through because they think, this is going to bring something to me. This is what I need. This is going to help me. I need them for this. I need them for that. Wait, 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 wait. Why don't we just stop and settle in and say, God, what is it you have for me in my life? And I don't need anybody to fix me. I need God to know me, and I need to know him. And if I do that, suddenly I'm in right standing, and that shame can come off, and I'm not counting on other people to fix my life. Huge. Number four, Mumble takes the leap of faith. Mumble takes the leap of faith. I want to show you one more clip before we wrap up, and it's, it's the three-quarters of the way through the movie, almost the end of the movie, really. He's left the colony He's going to find the, what they call the aliens, which is the fishing boats, stealing all the fish or catching all the fish. And he goes with his buddies, and they're on the highest pinnacle of this iceberg. And he says, I've got to go on. And they say, we've come to the end. We can't go on. And he tells his family goodbye. He tells them goodbye. And he makes this huge leap to go make a difference. So let's watch this, then we'll talk about it. I'm going to be telling your story long after you are dead and gone. What is your legacy? What will you leave behind? Now, I know that some of you haven't seen the movie. You're just dying to know what happened. So I got to tell you real fast. He finds the fishing boat. He sees them netting the fish. He climbs aboard. He makes it. He ends up in a zoo where his happy feet get noticed, and he ends up changing the world and stopping com commercial fishermen from taking all the fish from the penguins. And I just think we need to just thank God for that. So everybody lives happily ever after. Now, I want to just give you some really practical. These, these last four things are just statements that I'm going to say and move on. Write them down. This is the work part. This is where I've said to, to, in my life, can I do these? Can, can I live these four things? Number one is this. These are steps toward living with fulfillment on this earth. Number one is to strive to reach your potential. And that takes effort. Will I be the best me I can be? And this isn't about pressuring myself to be something I'm not. It's about being comfortable in my skin 
and loving me the way God loves me so that I can love others and I can be released to love others and get out of that comparison game with everybody else. But accept my weaknesses, my strengths, my tendencies. See, some people think, well, isn't it nice it just happened for you? No, it didn't just happen for me. It didn't just happen for anybody. Matter of fact, I was at a really interesting, I heard Kurt and Nancy Richardson, who are the founders and owners of Otterbox, a local company that's gone global. Amazing story. And someone said to them, it's just amazing how overnight you have all this success. And I love Kurt and Nancy's response. They said, and I actually wrote it down, it says, we have experienced a 31-year overnight success. <laughs> Isn't that good? Because nothing's easy. He talked about the times he pulled the whole company back into his garage because he couldn't pay his bills and was about to go bankrupt and how it's just been an ongoing journey and you try effort. You guys don't lose the will to keep on going and keep trying. Number two is help others reach their potential. You know, don't make life just about your potential, though that's important. What are you doing to help others? And speaking, that's generosity. That's giving until it hurts. That's giving your life to others. I love this quote. A man went out to find a friend and found none. A man went out to be a friend and found many. The difference between wanting and offering is huge. So let's be that kind of a person. Number three, appreciate what you have been given and earned. Some of what you have, you've earned it. I get that. Others of what you have, other things you have, it's been given to you. This is just simple gratitude. What does it mean for you and I to say we will live with gratitude in our lives? Listen, when I wake up every day and I thank God for the bed that I just slept in, that's, if you slept in a bed last night, you have more than most of the world. It's hard for us to believe it in America, but it's true. And to live with gratitude in our lives, not guilt or shame, but thankfulness to say, Lord, thank you for your blessings in my life. I don't need anything else. And lastly, number four, let your life impact others, not just yourself. When you start thinking about your dreams and your goals and your vision and your future, I hope other people are involved in that. I hope other people come alongside of you that get to taste and feel and see the success that you have. That's called influence. What legacy will you leave? I love that line. I'm going to be telling your story after you're long gone. Who's going to tell your story? I hope I get to tell it. I hope all of us get to tell it because of how God has used you to be truly, sincerely connected with him. As we pray today, would you let your heart go open and vulnerable to God? Because there's some serious things we're going to pray about, okay? Lord, would you prepare us in a moment like this, which... Seems odd, a, a silly movie, and yet the depth of this topic in our own identity and how we see ourselves and how you see us, it can change the world and it can certainly change us forever. So we need to take this seriously. With heads bowed, I'm just going to ask a pretty blunt question for some of you who know you're struggling with your identity. It may not be an identity crisis. That, that term means a lot of things. But just that, that nagging shame or guilt or whatever that is that keeps pounding on you and it's just part of your identity and it, it causes you to 
retreat or run away or not be at your best. It can cause some depressing times. It can cause some issues in your life to resurface that lead to addictions. But for many of you, you love God. You're committed to God. It's not about that. It's not about some blatant sin. It's an identity issue. And it's that self-talk. And I'm going to pray over that with you today because I think God can help you. So would you, if, if you know that that's you and the Spirit's drawing you, when you raise your hand, you're raising it to God saying, I'm in on this prayer. Hold it up if, if you know that's you. Go ahead. You can put them right back down. Lord, thank you for my brothers and sisters that as a family we can lock arms and we can do this thing. We can trust you right now. We have these, sometimes these haunting voices that pull us down and they pull us to places that you don't want us to go because you've never loved us more. And yet we have a hard time sometimes loving ourselves and what we see is not what you see. And so even now in this moment, would you do a reset on our mind and our heart and our bodies? Yes, it might be with effort. Yes, we might need to change some of our habits, but help us journey with you to do that and put us on a path to become the stuff that you already see in us. Lord, I pray that you will take the shame and guilt away. Help, help all of us to know there's nothing more we can do or become to make you love us more or accept us more. Nothing that you love us right now. And I thank you for that, Lord. We accept that. The second one is also pretty challenging, and it's to admit that you've, you've, you've searched for other people to bring you fulfillment. And that's a big deal because that needs to stop. And it's, it doesn't stop easily because it's a life pattern. And sometimes you live in it for years and years and you don't realize it, but you're always looking for someone else or something else to bring you fulfillment or contentment or to fix you. And today, I just want you to say to God, God, you are enough. You are what I need. Now, yes, he uses other people in relationships. We're called to community. I get that. But not in a dependent way, in the way that some of you have. If you know that's you, would you lift your hand to God and say, I'm going to work on this, Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you that we can trust you to be our source and others to influence us toward the things of God. We love you so much. And lastly, some of you might need to take a leap of faith even to trust God today. And I'm going to just lead us in a prayer. If you're here right now and you would say, I'm separated from God, I know I am. But I'm going to, I'm going to take that leap. And it is a leap. And it's a leap of faith. It goes beyond just logic into a faith moment to say, I'm going to trust that you love me and you really did create me for a higher calling than I know. So just take that leap if you want to right now and pray this prayer with me. Just say this under your breath. Lord Jesus, I come to you in faith and I jump. I trust. I believe you are God. I believe you died on the cross for my own sin and I can have eternal life because of you, with you forever. I trust you for forgiveness. Help me to forgive myself, to move on, to face the reality of my life with you for the glory of God. Lord, accept these things now. Plant seeds in us that are healthy, right, and strong that we might help change the world for the glory of God.
In Jesus' name, amen. We bless you. I would like our prayer teams to come and just be available. If you want to pray with someone about a need in your life, any issue at all, come on up and let us do that. If you've accepted Christ today, we have a packet with a Bible and some ways to get started in your faith journey. There it's both sides of this stage, so just come on up and talk to us, and we'd love to put that in your hand before you go. Otherwise, as you go, remember this. The service starts now. Hope to see some of you at Summit tonight. If you're new to Timberline, Bonnie and I look forward to that. Have a great weekend. God bless you. Thanks for coming.